Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Maybe you've had a moment in your life where you felt that way, where you're you're walking through the desert, and you may just have just a, a little bit of water. Or, or when you raise the canteen up, you just get hit with a whole bunch of sand. And you feel hopeless, and you wonder exactly how are you going to make it through. Then, then you look over to the side, and you see somebody else who seems to have it all, who seems to have everything they could want. It, it, and, and, and while you're reaching out for something that can sustain you, they just kind of throw it away. If they throw away what they have extra, and, and they don't share it with you, and then they offer something that really won't satisfy at all. It's kind of what we're going to be talking about today as we continue in our series of looking at those final words that, that Jesus gives us at the cross. You know, we started with, with him uh, reaching out his hands and saying, Father, forgive them. We, we saw him offer paradise to one of the criminals beside him. We saw him huddle together his mom and his disciple whom he loved and, and said, take care of each other. You are family. And that last week, we, we talked about the cry of, of desperation where he yelled out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even though we know that God was with him the entire time and how we can feel that in our own lives. And today, we, we talk about Christ being thirsty on the cross. You know, it reminds me when um, my, our middle son, Tim, when he was three years old, maybe you've experienced this with your own kids or, or with your own grandkids. It's time to put them to bed. And, and you get them all tucked in. You go out to the living room and you sit down. And all of a sudden you hear these little feet coming down the hallway. And they look at you and you go, what are you doing up? And Tim would always go, Dad, I have to tell you something. I was like, what, what do you have to tell me? I'm thirsty. So we would go and get him a glass of water and, and take him back to the bedroom and, and, and lay him back down. And that thing would repeat over and over again, night after night after night, you know, more of a way to avoid going to bed. But there's something that we have that we realize that when somebody says they're thirsty, we take care of that thirst. You know, our, our bodies are, are made about 60% of water. And, and there are scientists that, that have done some studies, and they say that, that that feeling that we get when we're thirsty means that we are already a quart down of water in our bodies, a whole quart. So no wonder, we, we, that's why we keep hydrated, that's why we keep drinking water, and why we need that, that sustenance. And I can only imagine 
what Jesus was going through as he was hanging on the cross. See, this wasn't the first time that he was offered something to drink at the cross. The story goes that at the beginning, as he was getting ready to be put on the cross, they offered him this drink that had some myrrh in it. And the reason why they offered him this drink with myrrh in it was it was kind of a poison to help deaden the pain or to help make the, the crucifixion go faster. But Jesus refused that drink. The second time he was offered a drink, the Roman soldiers lifted up something to him, some wine to him, and, and he refused to drink that because they were acting like they were mocking him, saying that this was a toast, a toast to the king. But as Christ got closer to death, we hear these words from John chapter 19, verses 28 to 29. Hear the word of the Lord. After this, knowing that everything was already completed in order to fulfill the scriptures, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was nearby, so the soldiers soaked a sponge in it, placed it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh God, as we move closer to the end of Jesus' time on the cross, as we move closer to the completion of this stage in Jesus' ministry, help us to remember what it feels like to be thirsty. How that, that speaks to our human need, but God, how it also speaks to our spiritual need. Help us to reach out to you, to, to find that fulfillment that we can't find anywhere else. So God, we lift this moment up to you. And we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. First and foremost, as, as Jesus is on the cross, he is fulfilling scripture. In Psalm 69, it talks about how he was thirsty and they offered him vinegar to drink. Jesus knew that, that this was one moment in time where he had to continue to fulfill all that, that Scripture had said about him. But I think for us today, we see something deeper besides just the fulfillment of Scripture, that Jesus was speaking to our needs as he was fulfilling his own needs. We take a look at the Gospel of John, we see that this, this idea of water or this idea of, of being filled with drink is something that took place over and over again. You know, from, from, from a wedding in Cana where he did the miracle of turning water into wine to a story that I know that we've talked about before, but one that still just penetrates my heart in John chapter 4 where he's talking to the woman at the well. This woman who has come to the well at, at the middle of the day. And, and while she's there, he, he asked her to, to give him something to drink. 
And as they were talking, she says, there's no way in the world you want something from me. You have no idea who I am. And Jesus replies with these words. He says, whoever drinks the water that I give will never be thirsty again. The water I give will become in those who drink it a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life. See, one of the things that we know about this woman at the well is that she was looking for other ways to, to fill her life. She was looking for fulfillment in, in ways that just kept her running into dead end after dead end after dead end. And the great thing that Jesus did was that he called her on this. And he said, look, you're not getting fulfillment from all of those things that you have done, but you can find fulfillment through me. As we think about Jesus being the living water, providing that living water, that question echoes in our hearts and in our minds. Where are we seeking fulfillment that keeps leading us to empty places? What, what are we looking for to, to fill our lives? Is it, is it fame? Is it money? Is it, is it some kind of status? Is it a new car? Is it, is it some kind of gadget that we absolutely must have? But see, we know, just as the woman knew, all of those things just rang hollow. They, they, they rang empty. And it wasn't until she met Christ that her life was filled. And she immediately went out and shared that news with others. That takes us to the second time where Jesus is talking about living water. There, there, there's a great festival that is going on in, in Jerusalem. Now, the Israelites say they celebrate three different festivals every year. There's one that two of them we're, we're familiar with. The third one is, is kind of one that we're, we, we kind of ignore a little bit as Christians. But I think it really talks about Christ's character and who he is and, and what he has come to do. The first one is one that we're familiar with called Passover. And we'll talk about Passover more as we get closer to uh, celebrating Easter on, on Monday, Thursday, where Jesus gathered his disciples. And he opened up this new covenant that, that we celebrate every time we come and, and that we gather at this table. That Passover meal was a time for the Israelites to remember God freeing them from captivity, taking them out of Egypt and bringing them into the promised land. The second, the second festival is called the Festival of Weeks, or the Feast of Weeks. And the Feast of Weeks is also known as Pentecost. Now we as Christians, we understand Pentecost to be the birth of, of the church. But, but for the Israelites, and, and for those in Israel at that time, they remembered that, that the Feast of Weeks was a time where they remembered gathering at the base of Mount Sinai, where, where God gave to them the law. And then we come to this third festival, 
called the, Fest, the Feast of Tabernacles, which is a reminder that after they left Mount Sinai and they refused to, to live in the promises that God has given them, they were sent to roam the wilderness for 40 years. And in those 40 years, they would build little huts for them to live in as they were out in the wilderness. So for one week out of the year, they would build these little huts and they would stay in them. And then they would celebrate God bringing them through the wilderness. <clears throat> and then during this, this festival, the priest would go to the pool of Shalom. Siloam. And, and then they would fill up these, these, these buckets of water, these jars of water, and they would bring them into the temple, and they would pour these waters throughout the festival into a basin in the temple. And it was a reminder of the time as they were wandering. God provided water for them in the wilderness. See, when, when they were watering in the wilderness, they, the, the Israelites kept complaining over and over again that they were, they were out there to perish, that, that it would have been much better for them to stay back in Egypt. So it, it was better for them to continue to be slaves than live out the promises that God had for them. So in the midst of one of the many times that they were complaining, they were complaining about the lack of water. And they were out in the middle of, 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 the, of the wilderness, and they were saying, we don't have anything to drink. You know, we had plenty to drink while we were in, in Egypt. We, we should just go back there. It would be, be better for us just to, to be slaves and just so we can have something to drink. You see, this frustrated Moses to no end. And Moses was like, God... Why did you give me these stiff-necked people? Why, why did you give me these people that every single time we try to live out your promises, they just want to go back to Egypt? They, they want to live life how they used to live. They don't care about the promises that you have. They're complaining about water. So God gave Moses a promise. He said, take the rod that you use to help part the waters of, of the Red Sea and allow the Israelites to cross, but not the Egyptians. And then tap a rock. And when you tap that rock, water will come forth. So Moses goes to this rock and he, he taps the rock and water starts to come out and, and the Israelites are, are, are pleased and are satisfied because they now have water to drink. See, that's what the, the Feast of, of Tabernacle was all about. It was all about reminding them that even in the midst of their wandering, God was there with them. But unfortunately, over time, what happened is that the Israelites just started to forget about the promises that God has given them and just started to do the same old routine over and over again. See, at first, if you we, if we look at the beginning of John chapter 7, where, where this takes place, Jesus refused to go and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacle. 
But then as the tabernacle, the Feast of Tabernacle is ending on the eighth day, Jesus goes, and, and this is the day that the priests make a big show out of pouring out the water into the basins. We hear this in John chapter 19, John chapter 7. It says, on the last and greatest day of the festival. So as, as all of the pomp and all of the circumstances happening over the pouring of the water from this pool into a basin, Jesus comes in and says in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So in the midst of this celebration, in the midst of this pomp and circumstance, Jesus points to himself and says, you know, you're not going to get living water by pouring water into a basin next to the altar. But you come to me. Just as he said to the Samaritan woman at the well, come to me and you will receive living waters flowing out from you. See, Jesus is giving those Israelites at that time and us today a, a way to see life and to see life abundantly. And then we get to the cross. We get to Jesus hanging at the cross near the end of his life. And he cries out, I'm thirsty. What does that say to us? That the one who gives living water, the one who refreshes us, the one who, who builds us up, cries out that he is thirsty. Well, first, it, it points to Christ's humanity. See, what are the things, the battles that, that the early church, the, the writers of the Gospels had to face was that there was a sayings that there was absolutely no way that Jesus was fully human, that he was only God, and that, that he could survive any of this. But writing about Christ's passion, his, his death, his pain, his, his need for refreshment reminded those listeners then and us today that, that, that the God who died for us on the cross was not only divine, but he was fully human and he had those desires that we have. He needed water just as we need water to do to, to do our normal living. Even as we approach the cross, hearing that Jesus needed water was a reminder that we are loved by a God who, who stretched out his arms and said, I am here for you. See, I think the second reason why Christ calls out or something to drink is because he has poured himself all the way out. There is absolutely nothing else that Christ could do to show his love for us, but he poured himself out, blood and water, all just for us, 
Later, in, in a few verses later, we hear that after Christ died, they poke a spear in his side and both blood and water flows. The water represents the purification we have through his grace and mercy. And the blood shows the new covenant that Christ gives to us through his blood. So I don't know about you, but, but I do know about me. And one of the things that I realize and I understand is sometimes I get so dry. And I'm not talking about dry where I can take my, my little cup and drink some water and feel better, but there are some days where I look at my life and I go, oh my word, how am I just going to make it through the day? You know, this whole, this whole God thing, this whole believing in, in somebody who, who died for me, it's, it's beyond that I can compare. It's beyond that I can even imagine. But then I stop. And I remember. I remember the promises that God has given me and has given every single one of us in Scripture. You know, sometimes I think we take uh, the Bible in the wrong way. I, I think sometimes we look at it and we start debating about this is what we're supposed to do, this is what we're not supposed to do, or this is something that we need to ignore because it doesn't really have any relevance to us today, or all of those things, and I think it, it, help, it makes us miss the point. The point of Scripture is to help us to remember. It is to help us to remember the faithful love that God has given us all the way from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation. See, we must remember that even when we aren't faithful to God, God is always faithful to us. And when we remember that, we can then remember our identity. That identity that I love to say over and over again, that we are ones in whom Christ dwells and delights. And we live in God's unshakable kingdom. See, when we remember that we live in God's unshakable kingdom, we can go through anything. Anything in our lives, that, that any struggles, any hardships, if we know who and whose we are, God will help see us through. And then finally, another way that, that I help remember whatever I'm dry is that I stay connected with others. It is so important for us as we gather together here in this building as we gather together in, in, in small groups or, or community groups, that we remember that we do life together. Not so that we can be a band that we can then shame other groups because they're not like us. No, so that we can then go out and share God's love so they can experience God's love with us. Here in a couple weeks, on, on, on April the 15th, after Easter, we're starting another round of community groups. We did this at the beginning of, of the year. We're going to do it again, but it's a study called Happy. And, and it, we're going to talk about what does it mean to be happy? What does it mean to be filled with the love and grace of Jesus Christ? 
And so I invite you, we'll, we'll have sign-ups again, we'll have uh, DVDs and, and, and leaders guys that we will encourage you to go pick up. And we invite you to either, either go back to the community group that you had before, or start another group. Find some people who, who need to experience the love and grace of Jesus Christ in a way where, where they can remember. They can remember the love that God has for them. They can remember who and whose they are. But they can have someone that they can do life with. See, my friends, Jesus cries out, I'm thirsty, because he poured himself out for us. Let us then take what he has poured out so that we may live for him and live in the promises that he has given us. Let us pray. <laughs> Dear God, as we move closer to the celebration of resurrection, we know we have to get through the cross. The cross that, that Jesus died upon so that our sins may be forgiven. The cross that, that Jesus died upon so that we may be justified to where we may be made at one with our creator. God, I am thankful that Christ did this work for us. So now help us to band together. Help us to grow together. Help us to live our lives so that others may see you, the truth, the goodness, and the beauty of your love. So Lord, we lift these things up to you. In the name of the one who gives us life, and life abundantly, Jesus our Lord. Amen.